but I only really had thought about this, the management side of things, sort of helping um, clients manage their social media accounts. And it wasn't until I was um, helping a friend with some social, with her social media, teaching her those skills, that I realized how much I love teaching. And um, I got a, I think I came home that night at like 10.30 at night and I couldn't sleep until 1.00. Because I was on such a high from teaching. Um, I never even knew that was something that I loved doing. Uh, so when I set up She Marketing, I wanted to include that coaching in my product offering. Yeah, and it's been all go ever since. Hello and welcome to Smart Online Marketing, where I chat to switched on entrepreneurs and experts to chat about smart strategies to build your business in a profitable and sustainable way. My name is Katie Griffin and I am in the digital marketing game. I specialize in Google ads and I've worked one-on-one with clients such as Showpose, Homework Allure and Snuggle Honey Kids. And I also have my own course teaching small businesses how to grow profitably using Google ads. If we haven't met before, I'm a kombucha-loving Real Housewives apologist alongside my love of all things pop culture and yes, that does include the Kardashians. I'm a mum of two, a self-confessed hippie at heart with a love of all things business. Hello, on today's episode, I'm joined by Lily, who is a digital marketing specialist from Christchurch in New Zealand. She works full-time, but she also has her own side business called She Marketing. And I recently got to know Lily as she enrolled in my Google Ads course. And she was fantastic. So I wanted to have her on the podcast to talk about her business and how she grew her business. It's thriving. And she only started it a couple of months ago. So she's a service provider and she works with social media management, social ads, and also now Google Ads. So she's used the course to upskill and offer it as a service. In this episode, we talk about a whole bunch, like how Lily got started. And there were a few doubts that were stopping her from wanting to actually start her own business. So she needed to find that confidence to actually go go off and take that leap. And we also talk about things like pricing and how to structure your time when you, when you also have a full-time job, a partner and friends and family that you also want to see. I absolutely love talking to Lily, so enjoy our chat. So welcome, Lily. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Am I popping your podcast, Cherry? Yes, you Woo-hoo! are. Yes, Absolutely. I um, no, never, ever done anything like this before. So yeah, total newbie. Yay. I'm so excited to have you. So <laughs> I know you because you were one of my students in my Google ads course, but yes. I want to get to know you better. And I also want the listeners to understand what you do and how you kind of got into what you're doing now. Yeah, sure. Um, so I started Sheen Marketing about three, three and a half months ago. Um, and so through that, I offer social media marketing, uh, which includes, um, one-on-one coaching, social media management. I set up Facebook advertising for clients and I also do a few other packages like auditing, stuff like that. Um, yeah. And recently I started offering Google ads as a service, uh, cause somebody pretty cool taught me, <laughs> polished up, polished up my skills. Imagine if you were like, <laughs> that was someone else, <laughs> not you. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that was Katie. Um, yeah. So now I, I offer, um, everything and I'm pretty happy with sort of my product offering now. I'm kind of, um, sitting there and I feel like I'm, you know, I, I feel like I don't want to leap out just yet. I feel like I'm pretty happy with my product offering. Um, 
but yeah, how I got started, I, um, I'd kind of always thought about social media freelancing for a while. I think any um, social media marketer or marketer probably does think about freelancing at some stage. Uh, and I had my friends and my family and my boyfriend all sort of saying to me that I should do it. Um, but I wasn't, I had a, a bit of self-doubt and I didn't really believe in myself and thought it wasn't something I could do. Um, and then the, probably the last 12 months, I've kind of taken, my confidence has taken a bit of a leap. And um, I felt, you know, I started thinking about it a little bit more. And um, then I only really had thought about this, the management side of things, sort of helping um, clients manage their social media accounts. And it wasn't until I was um, helping a friend with some social, with her social media, teaching her those skills, that I realized how much I love teaching. And um, I got a, I think I came home that night at like 10.30 at night and I couldn't sleep until one because I was on such a high from teaching. Um, I never even knew that was something that I loved doing. Uh, so when I set up She Marketing, I wanted to include that coaching in my product offering. Um, yeah, and it's been all go ever since. And you said about the confidence and that link between kind of, and I've been in that situation as well. I think that during different periods of your life, when I was younger, I was like, I had all the confidence in the world, I think, because there's less to lose. But then once you get yeah. older and I'm not saying that you're old, you're a young bean, but like <laughs> there's more, there's more, I guess you've got a, a job and things like that. There's mm. definitely more that you can, um, you have to think about when you want to start. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was saying like, I, before I started this business, I would be like, should I do it? Like, do I have the confidence? And it's, you don't, you don't really understand what you're undertaking as well when you are starting a new business. Like you tend to go mm-hmm. into it with rose colored glasses. Mm-hmm. What was the change that did give you that confidence to finally say, yep, like I'm going to do this? Um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure where the shift happened. I think that I, I think maybe I naturally overcame that um, through pushing myself into, you know, different, different aspects of life uh, outside of work and outside of, my business, um, pushing myself to do things that I wasn't particularly comfortable with, which we all have to do as part of, you know, growing up, you have to do things that you don't want to do. Um, I think initially it was really, um, the sort of social aspect I did. I was really scared about what my friends and my peers, my colleagues would think. Um, and but even when I started she marketing, I still held that really tightly and I was still so scared to tell them, uh, when I did some of the people I think about, you know, I look back on how scared I was to tell certain people. And then when I told them they were over the moon um, and I had, I've had nothing but really good feedback from them. Uh, so it just goes to show, you know, you never know really how someone's going to, you know, react. And often in your mind, you'll, you know, you'll build up the worst case scenario and it's not often that way. Yeah. I think like I relate to that so much because when, I started Sunday Digital, I was on maternity leave and I didn't tell anyone that I'd done it for about six months, apart from obviously my partner and a few select people, like my really good friends. But I think people just thought I was still on maternity leave and I was so Mm. nervous to even, I think I've got a real self-conscious around putting myself out there. Like I Mm -hmm. didn't put anything on Facebook. I didn't have a social media, even 
I didn't have a social media account for my business until I think it was like nearly a year down the track. Like I didn't even want to mm-hmm. put anything on social media because I was just afraid. I get worried about what other people are going to say. Like, I think I'm really like, who does she think she is? Like, even now I'll say to my friends, like, please unfollow me on social media. Like, I don't want you looking at what I'm doing. I feel like this, um, like a bit, I don't know, silly, like almost this feeling of like, people probably think I'm silly. And it's so interesting to hear someone else that has that same sort of, like, and you're only in the early stages, you're only three and a half months in, but I think it's quite common because you don't, it's almost like you're protecting yourself in case something does go wrong and you don't have to tell anyone about it. Is that kind of what you felt? Yeah, I guess deep down, um, you know, I think on the surface, you probably don't really know what you're scared of. Are you just scared of telling people in case they'll laugh at you or they'll think, you know, what on earth is she doing? Or um, yeah, in case something goes wrong and, and it, you know, it fails or, um, yeah, and I suppose anything, there's probably a multitude of things that have run through my head. Um, and I think also probably when we're in industries, like they're relatively new industries, so it's, it actually is quite hard to articulate what you're doing to people. Like people might not actually understand physically what you're doing. So yeah. when I say I run, even now people will be like, what do you do? And I'm like, yeah. well, <laughs> I, I'll just say like I'm in advertising or like yeah. I have an agency or something like that because going down the track yeah. and saying, well, I teach people online, they think I'm some sort of like, you know, hokey person online that's trying to just steal money from people so I think that um especially when people aren't necessarily in the industry it's a lot easier Mm -hmm. to tell people about uh, your strangers that are in like like like-minded businesses but actually going forth and like telling my mom is still she has no idea what I do and she'll be like do you want to franchise your business I'm like no I don't even know (laughs) you know people just don't necessarily understand what what sort of industry yeah yeah, yeah, totally. I, I completely get that. And that's actually really good. I should say from now on that I'm just in advertising. Yeah, I just say advertising. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good idea because I the amount of times I have to explain to someone, you know, what a even what marketing, I feel like people mm. don't 100% get digital marketing. They're like, well, what really does it involve? And it's like, I think a lot of people think it's website design. Like I had a cousin yeah. contact me the other day about designing her website. And I'm like, I'm the worst website designer. Like you don't want me to design your website. But I think yeah. people think this all encompassing kind of digital marketing field is just like code and websites. And yes. Like yeah. I've been asked, I've been asked about web design. Do you offer web design multiple times? Uh, or could you help me fix my website? Um, yeah, but that's a whole different ballgame that yeah. I, I'm not skilled at. So so I want yeah. to talk about, you said before, you know, you were offering social, you're offering some coaching, you were doing like Facebook ads and that sort of stuff. So were clients asking for you, what prompted you to kind of sign up for my course? Were clients asking for also Google ads management or is it something you just wanted to upskill from a personal point of view? No, um, no, clients didn't, hadn't asked me for if, if I offered Google. I sort of, I guess through being a, a digital marketer, I took that interest. Um, I did. I had some training a while ago, and it was kind of a shorter course. It was only one or two days, I think. And um, you know, I, I felt like I kind of had the real basic skills, and I had grown on them a lot over the months by myself. But I needed, um, you know, a real. I was looking and looking for an expert to really tell me. Um, you know, to, to help build on my skills and, you know, so many questions that you find along the way, you know, how do I do this or is this right? Or am I doing things the right way? Um, yeah. So it was just kind of through my wanting to upskill myself, but then I just fell completely in love with it and can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I can't stop Googling. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so how did you then transition that into 
client management, are you now able to utilize that for your clients once you felt confident enough? Yeah. Yeah. So I had, I I guess I had thought about it in the back of my mind. I thought maybe one day I'll be, you know, I didn't want to offer that until I felt a hundred percent confident with my skills. Um, and, and when I, I guess when I did feel confident enough and I've managed a few different accounts, I, yeah, I, I, I did go ahead and offer it. Um, just, you know, without anyone really asking, it was just kind of something I wanted to do. So I offered it. And when you're talking about um, social and social advertising, so kind of lumping Mm -hmm. social and social ads in one, one bucket, what, Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of people from my perception have, um, they might have experience, particularly with the Facebook ads, what sort of those skills, are there any skills that you found you can transfer between like your social ads and your Google ad experience now, or do you find they're very much two independent channels? Yeah, no, I think, I think having that Facebook advertising, our social advertising background, definitely, uh, it has a way of thinking, I guess, and Mm, um, transferring that over to Google ads, it does make it a lot easier. I guess it's that sort of, um, yeah, it is a way of thinking, an analytical, you know, a way of looking at, at the the data, an analytical way of thinking. Um, and of course, you know, there are a few similarities between the two. So I think if I hadn't done Facebook advertising, it would have been a lot harder to get my head around. Mm. Um, yeah, and things, you know, there's a lot of abbreviations like CTR and CPC that kind of go between the two. And yeah. if you just jump straight into Google, you might be like, oh, what is that? Or Yeah, yeah. the metrics are, a lot of the metrics are transferable, I think. Yeah. The, the strategy between the platforms are different. I, I agree with what you said. There's skills that help kind of alleviate that huge steep learning curve, mm-hmm. but there's definitely still a learning curve when it does come to either platform. They do have yeah. intricacies between the two of them. Yeah. When you're talking about social media management, can you talk me through what sort of clients you work with? Are you predominantly mm-hmm. with like service businesses, e-com, like which sort of, what's your kind of specialty? Um, I, funnily enough, I, I do work with both service-based and product-based businesses. Um, I, I've never thought with, with Facebook, with management, organic account management, which one I prefer, because I think that they're, when it comes to organic social media, there is a lot of similarities in the way that you would work an account. Um, so I probably don't have a preference as such. Um, but yeah, I, I work with um, a, a variety of clients from e-com to personal trainers to graphic designers. Um, and and definitely since starting She Marketing, I've worked with with industries I never thought I would so it's it's been such a so far I'm only three months in it's been such a great experience just to get to work with people in such a vast variety of industries and for those that don't understand what social media management is Mm -hmm. like can you give me a bit of a debrief on like what are you involved in doing with your clients and maybe then we'll touch on some like strategies that you can use like I think I think with social it, it, it really is you just have to put in the time, don't you? Like, heart, like yeah. it's just a time game. You've got to yeah. commit to that. But you can speak more to like what what's involved in in the social media management, and then like, I guess that would naturally lead into those are the things that, that lead mm. to success. I guess. 
Yeah, so I guess with uh, social media management, I I often set up strategies before I dive into an account. So I'll kind of set up a content strategy if they don't already have one in place. Um, if they do already have one in place, that's great. Uh, a content strategy, sort of a, an engagement strategy. Um, but managing an account once you've got all the strategies in place is, you know, making up making a plan however far in advance you want to work. So that might be two weeks, three weeks, even one week, some clients do. Um, and planning the content around your content pillars. So um, making sure that you've got a good balance of content, what kind of stories you're going to be doing, what kind of posts you're going to be doing, uh, what when you're going to show products, when you're going to educate, when you're going to promote, when you're going to, um, yeah, it, just kind of really getting a solid plan around that content. And then from there, it does involve copywriting. Mm. Um, so write, copywriting the captions, uh, which at the moment, um, social media is, you know, short captions are not as engaging. We're going after longer captions. So as there is quite a bit of copywriting involved. And then um, for Instagram, there'd be hashtags. So kind of hashtag research, which can take quite a lot of time. Like you say, it is a time game and you, you know, mm. you do have to spend that, that a lot of time researching uh, what hashtags are going to get engagement and um, and then, yeah, scheduling everything and making sure that the client is happy. It's just sort of a hands-off approach for them um, to see, to, to get good content that's cleanly put together based around strong content pillars and then to, to just have that taken off their hands completely. Um, and then from there, it, there is also engagement involved, so engaging with their followers because that is also another huge time um, you know that that can take hours in a week to engage with with followers and make sure that every comment and DM is replied to. Wow, can take a long time. So um, yeah, so that's so engagement's also something that I do work with some clients around. How do you adapt your tone of voice when it comes to different clients? Because I I assume that you can't kind of just copy and paste your tone of voice between different clients, or or like, can you have a sort of a standard? Lily style tone of voice that then you mold into the company tone of voice? No, I think, I think that, that you do need to adapt to your client's tone of voice and there is no sure way to do that. But I find when I take on a client, I will read. So it is good to have some sort of content or some sort of something that they've written from their point of view before and just reading and talking with them, I will naturally begin to learn that tone of voice. Like if I if I take on an account that has a lot of posts in its history, I will read through them just to pick up on their tone of voice and their certain um, sayings that they might have or the way that they'll phrase things. And then probably the next, like the first couple of weeks of working with a client, you do have to um, sort of make sure that you're, you know, check yourself and make sure that you are using their tone of voice. But I find that with most clients after maybe two to four weeks, I am able to sort of slip into that character, I guess. Like it, it, it can become quite easy to, um, it becomes easier, I should say, with time to, to take on their voice. But with a new client, definitely it does take a, a lot of research and talking to them in time. Yeah. So, Lily, where do you get this time? Because you also work full time. 
So yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm trying to understand. You have your full time job as yeah. a as a digital marketer. You have she marketing, which is three yeah. months old, which I'm sure is like another obsession of yours that you just want to spend as much time as possible in yes. it. Yeah. But how, like, where, how do you structure your weeks and how do then, mm-hmm. yeah, like, what does it look like? So I would work, so I finish work at 4 p.m. So that does allow me, you know, at the minimum two hours after work. And then I have the weekends as well. Um, and at the moment I am sort of, I'm pretty, yeah, like I'm, I, it's slowly getting easier to manage that time. I find like I found, I found in the first couple of weeks or the first month, I should say of she marketing, it was a bit of a shock to the system. I didn't realize, you know, also in the early days of business, you realize how many little things you didn't think about and how they all sort of come to the surface. So um, it was really hard at the start. It is slowly getting easier, but absolutely, you know, some things I've got to give and I, I do try to do it all. I try to go to the gym. I have a boyfriend. I want to see my friends and my family and go out and, you know, see the city and um, as well as working and doing she marketing. So some things have had to give a little bit, but um, I guess it's just pure passion. Like when you're so passionate about something, you make time for it. And it's like my hobby as well. You know, other people might you know, do dance classes or, um, you know, do running every day, but I, um, do this. <laughs> yeah. And I so think, yeah, like I've been in this exact same situation as you working full time and having a side hustle. And I think, I think where I struggle with that at that point was, uh, not, I probably didn't communicate that probably to friends and family in that there's certain things that I can't do because I've got, mm-hmm commitments with my like side hustle and because it's yeah. not your full-time job that sometimes isn't necessarily taken that seriously mm-hmm. and I find it is quite hard to to balance everything and not feel like you're missing out on things um yeah, yeah so I think it's something that like you'll just you'll learn how to get better and mm-hmm. renegotiate things and stuff like that but yeah it definitely is a um I think I even find this now with me in that it's a little bit easier for me right now because I'm still in stage four lockdown in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And so there's really not actually anything you can do. I mean, yeah. like I've got my kids, so my kids always, I'm with them. But when I'm not with my kids, I feel like I'm working. And when I'm with my kids, I'm not working. So it's kind of like I've got these two things. It's either kids or work and yeah. other stuff kind of sometimes can fall through the cracks, Yeah, which is I think the downside of being so passionate about your business yeah, that, that's what you can let other things slide a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, often, you know, people say to me all the time, like, how do you do, how do you work full time and have she marketing as well? And I think, well, you know, I see people that work two or three jobs. And then I also see, you know, mums that single mums that work full time and then go home and have their kids at night. And I think, you know, they're working harder and um, it's just as much you know, that takes up just as much time. So, but yeah, I, I think for me, at least it gets, it does get easier to manage, to manage the two uh, and everything else. Yeah. And it, you just need to, yeah, like it, it's a, it's a something that you have to continually practice because it never gets, yeah. you're never going to have this one magic bullet solution that suddenly you feel balanced about everything. Yeah. Also, I want to talk to you about like, 
I guess coming from working full time, you've never really had to talk about pricing and Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff with clients. What I've found in my experience is when, say when I was working in an agency and I wasn't emotionally tied to the money that I was earning or that, sorry, Mm -hmm. that I was propping clients on because it was, I was just propping on behalf of the company and I was a lot more cut and dry about this is the fee and take it or leave it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. When it becomes your own company and you're emotionally tied to that money and you've also got Mm -hmm. maybe a bit of imposter syndrome or a bit of like pricing can always be hard, whether you're in a product or service-based business, how have you found having to set like pricing boundaries and, and stuff like that? Has that been tricky to work through? Yes, it has been. (laughs) It definitely has been hard. And I know, I totally know what you mean. Like I, I'll often think like, oh, am I overcharging people or, um, you know, what, are they comfortable with this or, you know, what, what do they think? And I think sometimes I do second guess myself and I need to not, I need to, it is, like you say, you know, it is getting easier as well. Um, as I go on to, to just, you know, the more clients I work with, the more I'm like, no, this is my price. And, you know, I, I, I start to back myself a bit more, um, that this is why I've priced my services this way because, you know, and, and there is a strategy behind that. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just a, a learning curve, I guess, and something I'm sure all uh, business, solo businesses uh, deal with. I think also at the start, you're kind of, you're like, I'll take anyone as a client. So you'll, yeah. you'll often price lower and then you come yeah. up with the, you come to the position where then you're, you have to ra- almost raise your prices down the line to those same, same clients, which is also a yeah. tricky conversation to have. When it comes to working with clients in the social media space, what about boundaries with clients? Because I even face this myself with like students that might um, message me about support issues or something like that. And you'll be, it'll be the weekend and I'll message you on Instagram and you're like, oh, I kind of, it kind of throws you out of your flow. I'm sure because you're on social media all the time, people will also contact you about issues on social media as well. So how do you kind of set those boundaries too? Um, you know, I think I, I'm not so good at setting those boundaries with myself uh, when I'm by myself, but I guess when I, you know, it's nine o'clock at night, I do work late because that's just the nature of what I do. Um, but if it's, you know, sort of after nine o'clock at night and I get a message, I sort of have to draw a line for myself because I know that, you know, I'm with my, I live with my partner and I know that it will start to affect that side of things or if we're away for a weekend and I start to answer client you know emails or messages or if there's been a problem and I'm I'm needing to help a client with something I I am just aware that that will start to seep into my personal life so I do try to draw a line uh, when it when it comes to being with my partner Uh, with myself I'm probably not so good like if I said hey I'm going to have a day off and I was truly alone and then a client came to me, I probably would be a little weaker. Um, But yeah, I think I do it for the sake of my relationship. Or if I'm out with my friends, same thing. You know, if a client messages me and I've said, hey, I'm having a day off, I'm out with my friends. I'll sort of do it for the, because I value my friendship and my relationships very highly. Um, I think that's what makes it easier for me. Yeah, because it can be hard when you are like reachable all the time. Yeah, yeah. To to draw those boundaries. But I think that it's something that 
like you said, it's easier when you've got someone else that you're making those boundaries for. Yeah. Like for yeah. me, it's my kids. Like if, if I'm with my kids, I'm not checking my emails and I'm not checking socials and stuff like that. But yeah. when I'm by myself, I'm like, oh, I may as well, or I can just respond yeah. to this one or. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's definitely, definitely like something that I need to work on as well. Yeah. <laughs> When it comes to the coaching, like what can you talk to me more about the coaching side of stuff? So Mm -hmm. when it comes to coaching someone on like Instagram or like what, what sort of sessions would you do with, with a client? Uh, So usually clients will come to me if they have a particular problem or um, something that they're wanting to overcome with their account. So it'll, it'll be a business account and they will come to me. Um, wanting to sort something out or maybe they're just wanting to find out how to get more engagement or, um, you know, how to build a a strategy, things like that. So I'll kind of work on it on a business to business basis. Yeah. So I I just kind of will sit with them and work out what, you know, unravel their problem and just sort of apply my knowledge to help them, um, you know, get those skills. And then, so that's more like a one-off engagement type situation. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So they book the coaching. It's just one-on-one. It's not ongoing. I mean, it can be ongoing, but um, a lot of people will sort of book it maybe one or two sessions um, with me. It's not like it's a course. It's just, you know, an hour of coaching or maybe they'll do two hours, two weeks apart type thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what are kind of the long-term plans for She Marketing? Like it's something that you've just gotten off the ground recently. What, where yeah. do you kind of see this business evolving to? Um, you know, I think about this and I, I probably have like a pie in the sky dream, but I think right now I'm just loving, loving what I'm doing and I'm sort of not looking too far ahead. I'm, I'm really I'm really am just enjoying what I'm doing. You know, I, I guess like the big dream for, for any freelancer or social media marketer is to, you know, one day have their own agency. Um, Do you think? I, well, I think so. I think, you know, that's sort of a romanticized what comes to idea. your mind when you think agency? Like what do you think when it's – I'm interested because that, yeah. for me – I call myself like a micro agency because I run yeah. client accounts. It's just easier mm. than saying like I'm an ads manager sort of thing. Yeah. But my dream is to not have an agency. Mm-hmm. So I, it's interesting for me to hear that you think, because the, the more agency style your business is, the less close you are to the client management side because then you become mm-hmm. more of like a people manager or, yeah. So tell me about that. Talk to me about that. I, I guess I'd, I maybe not so much just purely social or Google ads or advertising I maybe one day I would like to have an agency a small agency um because I do like working in small teams but you know with a couple of different skill sets there like maybe there's a web designer or maybe even it's just that I get together with a couple of other um you know solo traders that are uh, by you know working by themselves and we kind of get together and form something Um, it doesn't have to be mine I would just you know, I'd love that sort of um, small team with, you know, that we all have something that we're really strong, strongly skilled at. And, okay, well, that, that makes sense. I think that mm. for, for me, I'm just like the idea of, become, of becoming, having 
more staff and more services, I just see it becomes more complicated. And I think that that, that for me is probably the, the thing that I, I don't want to branch out into that, Mm -hmm. but I'm also a solo like loner. (laughs) (laughs) So like it might suit your personality better to have more of that camaraderie with other people. Yeah. Um, just, just a few of them, you know, I don't want a whole lot of people. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I want a hundred percent agency. Yeah. No, 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 no. I like, I, I definitely like smaller teams and I am an introvert. So I, um, yeah, but I don't want to work with a whole host of people, but it would be cool to work with a few other people like myself. What do you think about like the challenges that come with running your own business? Have you found that you feel sometimes isolated in that you don't have anyone to bounce ideas off? Yeah. Yeah. I guess initially at the beginning, um, you know, setting stuff up, I have friends and I know people, um, that I could sort of bounce some ideas off with some aspects of business, but they weren't in the marketing space like myself. So there were initially at the start, I did find it quite hard because I was by myself and I didn't know there were certain things that I hadn't thought of and I didn't really have anyone to go to and be like, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> um, so you have to figure that sort of stuff out. Yeah. Going, yeah, definitely. I, I think, you know, going al- along the way, having uh, someone to bounce ideas off would be good. Um, yeah. But I am, I do enjoy working by myself. Yeah. I think you can kind of run your own race and yeah. I think also for me, I'm a bit of a control freak. So it's, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel the same. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I get to call all the shots. One last question. I want to know actually how you get your clients. So you started a business three months ago and you're already pretty busy. How do you actually get clients? Uh, So, so far it's literally just been through either Instagram or word of mouth. Um, So whether that, whether that is that clients find me by following me on Instagram or if they see me because someone else shared my content Um, and then a few more local clients, I guess, have found me through word of mouth. So um, people are, people that I know, connections that I have within the industry have, are aware of she marketing, and they, if they hear of sort of an opportunity come up and they think of me and they refer a client to me, then I will get them that way. Um, but yeah, so far it's only been those two avenues. I haven't really advertised or pushed it super hard, right? You know, at the moment, but um, yeah, I'm pretty happy with with the, with clients coming through Instagram and word of mouth. I think word of mouth is, is awesome. Yeah. It's um, always, when, yeah, such yeah. a good way to have, and it's, yeah. a, it's a good part on the back to know that you've created some connections and that you're getting a little bit of feedback that your clients are happy with you and willing to refer you. Like it's the best sort of compliment they can give. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much for joining me today. Can you please tell people where they can get in touch with you or follow you on Instagram? Sure. My website is shedigitalmarketing.com and my Instagram is shedigitalmarketing. Thank you so much, Lily. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode with Lily. She is a champion. Make sure you do go and follow her on all her socials and you can connect with me. I'm at kgriffin underscore on Instagram and my website, sundaydigital.com.au for client side of stuff and also katiegriffin.com for all the courses and all that sort of jazz. So I've now split my business up into two parts, but I will talk about that more on a future episode. So come hang out with me on Instagram, leave a rating and review and pass along this episode to anyone who you think would enjoy it. I will catch you on the next episode.